had the uh, the Popeye's chicken sandwich for the first time today. Have you tried it? Yeah, I mean, I tried it like two years ago when it was. I, I made it popular, just like basically everything else. Just like with the White Claw, I had the Popeye's chicken sandwich because um, I randomly walked into Popeye's one time and it. I saw it on the menu. I would go uh-huh. to like Popeye's like probably once. I don't know every let's say. Yeah, six, how often do you go weeks? to Popeye's? No, well, when I worked in the city, it was maybe like once every six weeks, once every two months. There was one right by uh, where I work, so it's like. Well, yeah, once in a blue moon, I'll be like, hell yeah, let's get Popeye's for lunch. Uh, and one time I went in and I saw that they were featuring on the menu, like chicken sandwich. And I'm like, okay, Popeye's has great chicken. I'm sure chicken sandwich is good. And I I think the first time I got one of them, then I went back like one or two more times and got two of them because they're like pretty small. I mean, well, I wouldn't say they're pretty small, but I got two of them, but nothing else. So like I wouldn't get yeah. fries or anything, you know, then you're really pushing it. But point is, then I, I had already gotten it like two or three times before it became this huge craze. And then it kind of ruined it for me because now I'm like, well, everyone likes this. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had it. I had um, I had the classic and the spicy. And then I had um, five piece tenders with like large fries. So I had like a, a lot of food. <laughs> that was, Holy shit. It was like $22 worth of food. And. I will say, I mean, the chick. I mean, it wasn't worth. Definitely not worth waiting like an hour in line for. Why did you wait an hour? And there's no, I didn't. People, I didn't. I'm saying like when the, the day, yeah, yeah, when the hype is was at yeah, its was apex. Weird. I don't know. That must. I don't know what what was up with that. I, I have no clue what that was about. That was that was that was legitimately. That's going to be lost to the to the time or the the hands of history. What's the phrase? I don't know. But that that was that was legitimately weird. I mean, I had people at work. Um, like we were organizing like groups of people to go like to like go get it together, you know. Like, <laughs> hey, this Thursday, like thirty of us. Let's, you know. And I'm like, I, I, it, that was just very bizarre. I don't even know how it happened because like the Twitter accounts for like Popeyes and Chick Fil A were like tweeting at each other, and that somehow, was like after though. I feel like it kind of was after, but I think that gave it a new life. But it was it was very strange. I don't even really know how that got to a point where that was happening. It was like the biggest thing in the country was a chicken sandwich, and uh, but anyway, you had it, and that, that it wasn't. Uh, I mean, no, it was it was good. It was very. Um, it tastes like real chicken, and it was actually bigger than what I expected. It's bigger than Chick Fil A. Yeah, it's bigger than the majority of like McDonald's, Chick Fil A, and whatever or whatever else there is. Um, definitely enjoyed it. The fries were were fine and the tenders were good good chicken um my only uh, complaint would be that the spicy uh, chicken sandwich only thing that makes it spicy is the sauce that they put on it yeah if they the chicken is actually the same which is kind of weird because they have spicy chicken so i'm just sort of thrown off why they wouldn't put spicy chicken in the spicy chicken sandwich literally the only thing that makes it spicy is like i think spicy mayo which is kind of just the regular chicken sandwich with spicy sauce on it. It's not the spicy chicken sandwich, but anyway. Yeah, two things I don't get. It's like first they're they're pretty. I think they only sell chicken there. So how do they yeah, not? Have... They sell uh, shrimp too. Uh, yeah. I think that's it. Shrimp and and chicken. Yeah. So how do they not have a chicken sandwich? Like yeah, why start? did it take so long? Yeah, that's why when you I saw it, I was like, okay, it. of course, this is a no brainer. Yeah. 
And sometimes and then, you're not feeling like five or, you know, three, four or five pieces of chicken. You just want one quick thing. Yeah, I forgot the other part I was going to say. The tenders, the fries, something that happened while you were there. How what were you talking took? about? What were you talking about? What was I talking about? Nothing. It's that just your I, last thing. I invented it. That's what that's the main no, thing. Like after that. <laughs> um, uh, that the spiciness. That's just. Oh, yeah. Cost. The spice. Yeah, I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. When I was having the spicy, I was like, I'm not sure if this is just a classic or the spicy. Yeah, because that's why. Because the chicken's not actually spicy. It's just the right. sauce, which is kind of lazy. I don't, I don't know what the thought process is behind that. Does the spicy chicken really cost that much more to make? Because their actual spicy chicken at Popeye's has like a like seasoning on it or some sort of, I don't even know, some sort of thing, some sort of hotness on it uh, that's literally just on the chicken. Uh, but anyways, I mean, yeah. Popeye's... I haven't had Popeyes in probably seven, eight months, which is a shame. I uh, I was in the city for work on uh, f- Friday and uh, I had to go in early and literally just for like a half hour and then I had to just went home. It was kind of annoying, but whatever. And I, uh, I had to get on a train at 1042 at Grand Central to go home and Chick-fil-A. I was making great time. I got into Grand Central with like 25 minutes to go to the train. I was like, let me go to Chick-fil-A, get some food. This is perfect. Get back on the train. I'll be my breakfast. And then Chick-fil-A doesn't open until 1030. So I could have pushed it, you know, because literally Chick-fil-A is right across the street from Grand Central. So I could have walked in at 1030, had my food by 1035 and made it to the train. But, you know, I just it was raining and I just thought, you know, is this place this place? Oh, it was like 1022, let's say. I'm like, is this place going to open at 1030? Like it was a ghost town inside. There wasn't like employees like milling around waiting. to. I thought, you know, is this going to open at 1033? Every minute counted, basically. So that that was my bummer of the day. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like you're more of a Chick-fil-A guy. I'm surprised you went you. No, before I, the, uh, the I don't know. I don't. Uh. I guess it's just, I wouldn't say, I don't even know if I prefer one or the other. It's really? it's sort of, I mean, if I had to say which chicken I like more, I would probably say Popeye's because it's got all the like garbage breading on it, which is definitely makes it less healthy, but definitely makes it crunchier and it tastes great. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but you know, Chick-fil-A, I feel like it's more of a breakfast vibe, even though Really? Okay. That's not true at all. But just a lot of times that I've gotten Chick-fil-A was uh, going there in the morning. Uh, At like 10. Yeah, because I used to have... Wait a second. (laughs) Wait just a second here. I I used to get... I used to have a meeting, like a standing meeting that I had every week on Wednesday mornings. And it would be on like 33rd and Madison, which would be like a 10 minute walk from grand central. So if, when I, when I get off the train, um, I would stop literally on my way to the meeting would be walking past Chick-fil-A. So I just, you know, Chick-fil-A, their service is so good that you're just in and out in two seconds. So I would stop it and get it. So that's why I think I've brain, my mind just associates it with getting, they have good coffee too. Uh, I won't take a great coffee, but the coffee is pretty good. But anyway, you can, get it. you can rely on it. You can rely on it. Exactly. You can get it and you're not going to be like, oh, God, this is trash. <laughs> but I wouldn't get the fl- I just get the black coffee because if you get the flavored coffee or like whatever, like if you get vanilla, French vanilla or whatever flavors they have, 
they put so much uh, syrup in it. It's just so sugary. So I would just get the black coffee if possible. That's my tip at Chick-fil-A. Um, but no, I mean, it's just different. Different. It depends. What, Chick-fil-A has way better service. If you walk in, you know, it's just they're so happy to be there. They're always saying you're welcome or what, my pleasure, whatever they say, my pleasure. Um, and you're in and out super quick. Popeye's service is not going to be as good. The store is probably going to be a little bit dirtier. Um, and it's probably going to take a little longer to get your food. Uh, it's probably less healthy for you. And yeah, I mean, there's, I guess there's a little less variety. Well, not really. Chick-fil-A, what's Chick-fil-A? It's just chicken sandwiches, nuggets, chicken minis, tenders, or, or strips that they call them. Uh, I, I, I would say it's literally a tie. I literally can't even choose between one or the other because I don't even know what criteria I'm judging them on. You would think better chicken, and I think Popeye's has better chicken, but for some reason I'm not counting. that. That's not enough for me to give them the edge. Maybe wow. it's just their service and how, how great, how, how positive of an experience that going into a Chick-fil-A is. That, that ties it up for me. Yeah, I mean, there's no one at the Popeye's at all. Sunday at like 6.37, so I was kind of surprised about that. But oh, You just had this, you're saying? Yeah. What compelled you to go to Popeye's for... I mean, clearly, um, you don't go a lot if you've never. I've never. Had the I been to, yeah, I haven't been to Popeyes in like six years. That's crazy. Maybe longer. I don't even know. I'm just, I'm just making up a number. Yeah, just making up a number. <laughs> it's like it just been forever. Um, basically, I just watched this YouTube video. Um, Will Tennyson, Tenning Tennyson, whatever. He's like this um, funny like fitness dude, and he was basically just eating. It wasn't like a food challenge. It was just like doing some sort of video, and he, the fans, chose him to have Popeyes. So he, he basically got like the meal I got, like the chicken sandwich, fries, tenders, and I was like, I might as well try that. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just gonna go do that. You and got influenced, is what you're saying. It really is. Like when I was thinking about that. I'm it's like, damn, influenced. Well, because yeah. I admitted it. I um, I literally. This this uh, chameleon cold brew that I get is literally because I saw it on Snapchat and I heard someone say it on a podcast. And then once I heard someone say it on a podcast, and it stuck in the back of my head. And then I saw it on Snapchat another time. I was like, all right, let me get this and see how it is. So that's how it works, I guess. Yeah, so shout out to all the marketing that Popeyes does. Um it worked. It worked. It, it got me. I mean, I, either way, I was like, obviously, I wasn't going to go when there was the whole madness. I was like, how good could this fucking chicken sandwich be? And then I was like, I'll just wait till the madness dies out. And then COVID happened. And then the hype died down. I kind of forgot about it. And then that basically um, revigorated that whole hype and i was like all right i mean i have to try this at least once just to see what the fuck people are talking about and i i mean i didn't have like expectations like it was gonna be godly but it was good it was big it was actually like the, i don't know for some reason the classic chicken sandwich was bigger um interesting it's probably so, just i mean normal variation between they can't make every chicken patty the same size. yeah yeah but yeah, no, I'm I'm happy I went. What it what it's your if if you had to say top three fast food places, what would it be? I mean, I don't eat fat 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 food. I don't eat fast food. Um, 
I mean, I, I mean, I just have to just rely on McDonald's. Yeah, I guess number that's one. Um, and then I mean, Chick Fil A is good. I've only been there maybe twice, and I would probably put. It would be tough between them and Wendy's. I would let's say McDonald's Wendy's is the go-to fast food for people to say like you know Wendy's is probably like the best of the fast food places, but like you never go to Wendy's. That's just the yeah, power of branding. Because because if you if you get Wendy's, if you get a burger from Wendy's, it's it's good. I mean it's it's arguably better than burgers you get at McDonald's, but it just doesn't. Same thing with Burger King, but I think Burger King is actually more so. They're just not that good. But Wendy's definitely has a, a a branding issue. I don't know, but I mean, when you go there and you get something, it, it's normally great. So, yeah, no complaints. I'm just not a sure. like I'm not someone who's going to go out of my way to get fast food. But if it pops into my brain and I see one and I'm hungry, like I'm going to go to get it. Or if other people are going, I'm going to go to get it. I don't. It's like oh, I, I'm not saying that you're one of these people, but the people are like, no, oh, they don't eat fast food because it's unhealthy. It's like, dude, you know, you can eat food that's not great for you every once in a while it's okay and that's basically half the time what I it's people who don't even exercise who are like uh, uh, can't eat that unhealthy food it's like okay well i think there are other concerns maybe to, to factor into your lifestyle other than having mcdonald's two times a year <laughs> uh does chipotle fall into this category? no 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 definitely okay. not i don't i don't i don't know what i guess fast casual like i wouldn't even put shake shack as fast food i think it's just a it's it's that's that's like a, a half level up chipotle shake shack i don't even know what else would fit in that category but it's like a half level up i feel like mcdonald's is, makes these signature meals that that try to put themselves in that tier but you know they can't shake the brand of oh like the you know you go to mcdonald's and you obviously you're gonna get like a big mac a quarter pounder mcnuggets you know fries. one, one of those medium fries, fries. Yeah, and but then yeah, they will have like oh the guacamole southwestern sandwich, and I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. there is no fucking way that I'm gonna risk my McDonald's trip on a southwestern guacamole chicken sandwich. <laughs> Maybe it's great, but I'm not taking the chance. Uh, so yeah, McDonald's. People say McDonald's has good coffee. I got it like once or twice. I don't. I heard that. I'm I'm a, I'm a more pro uh, Chick Fil A with no basis, not being a coffee expert. When I got. With same thing with Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donut people say Starbucks coffee tastes burnt, which it definitely does. And I'm not saying yeah. Starbucks coffee is great. It definitely does have that like burnt taste. But Dunkin' Donuts is like I'll get the I always get black coffee, so I can't comment on their like frappe chocomoca like drinks. But if you just get straight up coffee from Dunkin' Donuts, it tastes like, sort of like water. Uh, so I guess it's like. I would recommend it as coffee if somebody doesn't actually like coffee but needs to drink coffee. It doesn't really taste that much like coffee. I don't know. That's my thought. I haven't had it in a while, but I'm not big on either of them. Um, I have to. I don't know for some reason that the pods. I've said a billion times on this podcast, but the Starbucks pods are really good. But I haven't been to the actual store, the Starbucks store. This I don't know. Is it a store? What What do you call it? Yeah, it's definitely Restaurant? a store. Coffee you definitely don't call it a restaurant. A coffee they have shop. Food. They have food. Well, it's so you don't call the grocery stores have food. You don't call them a restaurant. Uh, I would say a coffee shop, Starbucks shop. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's roll with it. 
Um, let's jump into some athletic activities um, in the professional landscape. I mean, NBA is done, right? We already covered the, the, everything. Yeah, we already NBA. talked about the Lakers. Lakers won last week, that Sunday. So, yeah, we, I mean, we talked about them. But the, the, yeah, the Rays and the Astros play. The Dodgers are playing game seven as we speak. But Rays advanced to the World Series. Almost, I mean, technically they did blow a three, three nothing lead because obviously it was just, it was 3-3, so they didn't have a lead anymore. So technically they did blow it, but... I mean, that would be a blown lead, yeah. Yeah, so they they um, they did advance, though. And, like, is it... There's something... There's a part of me that um, I don't know if I'm ashamed of, but there was a part of me that put myself in the Astros' perspective and was like low-key not rooting for them but if i put themselves put myself in their shoes i kind of kind of wanted to see them advance just because like there's that whole like (laughs) imagine if they they won the world series pretty much no i'm I'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not i'm not with you on that one not i don't think many are but those i'm just saying it was a small part of me i was there's a zero part of me i wanted the rays to win so bad i'm like people i see people conflicted like oh rays the rays there's like a fake yankees rays rivalry that's not even real it's It's like oh chapman threw at one guy one time hard to really see that being on purpose maybe it was maybe it wasn't and now this is some sort of like rivalry maybe i guess so the astros literally cheated so hard that they literally were telling each other what pitch was coming and they were wearing buzzers under their jerseys like i'm not gonna root for this team here's the thing they didn't prove anything wrong nobody said that they weren't a good team Nobody said that that they weren't good players. They're obviously really good players. That just makes the fact of how badly they cheated even more obnoxious. So I really, uh, really need them to not win win the World Series again with with this group of players: Altuve, Springer, Correa, Bregman. No, thank you. Um, and it just goes to show that if the Yankees would have beat the Rays, they would have had a real shot of making the World Series. I mean. They, they lost to the Rays in five, but they outscored them. And, and the Rays beat the Astros in the seven-game series. And I saw a tweet today the um, as, as the Braves make it 2 nothing against the Dodgers, uh, which is a shame because Braves-Rays is getting no viewership if that's the World Series. Um, but I saw a tweet that the Rays hit, hit 2-0-2 against the Yankees and the Astros, and, and, they, and they won. And they, they in twelve games they struck out hundred thirty times, and I think I saw their like seventy percent of their runs came on home runs. So my point is like all this stuff that people say where oh you need to put the ball in play in the playoffs you can't have a lot of strikeouts in the playoffs, which is not necessarily true. Now obviously you could say the Rays have great pitching and great fielding, which they do. I just want everyone to know that hitting home runs is is still extremely important. Uh, as evidenced by the fact that the Rays just went up two nothing on a home run, home run hitting a home run is still the best thing that a hitter could do. Just by the way, but yeah, I mean, 
I think also people are taking the wrong lessons from the Rays winning. First of all, the Yankees got memed on for, you know, game two against the Rays. They tried to go analytical mode, um, you know, and I don't even know if it was the right analytical decision. I don't. I didn't even really see the case fully laid out uh, for Devi and then Hap. But the, the Rays are apparently just notorious for for um, – for going by the analytics for instance last night they had who was pitching for them last night oh my god another home run for the Braves nope never mind that's an out uh who was pitching for them last oh Charlie Morton was pitching for them last night and he was rolling I think he gave up like two hits through you know five and two thirds and they took him out because the top of the order was either coming up or up again the third time through and they did that to Blake Snell too my only point is they they are just they play by the analytics no matter what. I saw some stat like they haven't blown a lead after the seventh inning in like seventy games or something crazy. Um, and I, I'm just thinking of Kershaw. Kershaw had his start in Game Four, and he did the same thing that he does basically every start, which is five innings. He was great, gave up one run, and then the sixth inning when the top of the order came up for the third time, Dave Roberts left him in the game and he got rocked. So. People, the playoff Kershaw, man. It, well, it's playoff Kershaw, but it's like if third time through the order, his stats are trash. If he got pulled out after five innings and gave up one run, who the hell is going to complain about that? Is that a bad start? Seems like a good he's start. Supposed to be so he's supposed to be the ace. Aces should be able to go seven. They should be able to. It doesn't matter if it's third time through okay, the order. But shoulda, coulda, woulda. First of all, he's thirty-two. I don't even know if he's considered the ace anymore. Isn't Walker Bueller considered the ace? He was. A bit shaky this year. Um, it's kind of like one A and one B. Okay, but well, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Where it's like, Either way, he's an ace. Okay. He's been he's been phenomenal. But year, if 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 the stats say that in the playoffs he goes to shit the third time through the order, then you have two options. You can either keep letting that happen or hope that you get the one time where it doesn't happen, or you could just take him out after five innings. Now that does that stress your bullpen a little more? Yeah, but like at, at a certain point, it's like if a guy can't has shown that he's not able to do something or he can't do something, then just stop asking him to do it. <laughs> so, you know, I guarantee. Well, now maybe Kershaw might not get another start because the Braves are winning two nothing. But you know, I, if I was the manager, I two times through the order, I'd let Kershaw do his thing, and then I would just take him out. I don't really care if he's on sixty five pitches. Just like get out of the game, dude. Um, and yeah, maybe you could say, well, then that's on ace, uh, you know, behavior or or standard, and maybe that's fair. But you know, at the same t- at cer- certain point, you have to. If this same thing keeps happening a million times in a row, don't you just have to like try something else? <laughs> you know. I don't know. I mean, it's tough because. I mean, it's definitely a mental thing with him because if you look at his stats, his numbers over the years. In the regular season, they're absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. It's just, it leaves you in awe. And then you look at the playoff numbers, and it's just so consistently mediocre that it's it's like not just a fluke. It's not like, oh, it's a very small sample size. Like, it's very consistent to where he yeah, simply like two runs broke. higher in the array. It's uh, it's really a shame because otherwise he'd be um, regarded as probably the best pitcher ever if his um, if he 
performed as well as he did in the regular season, but it's just, you know, not that way. And, you know, we did see it that way. I mean, yeah, he's 32, but I mean, Verlander's like Charlie Morin's 37 and he's absolutely phenomenal. He's just in the game sevens. His numbers are, uh, he just lights out. He is so clutch. He is just like this emotionless, um, robot and just and he's he wasn't he's he was not good this year he was not good this year yet in the playoffs he came through clutch so you know i think there is such thing as like the clutch factor the it factor and i just don't, I don't think, really think that, there is I, there, ha, there is look at kershaw's numbers dude okay well i mean that, you argue against that it's a mental it's the mental aspect dude 100 percent. you could just say he's been worse in the playoffs he doesn't now maybe he faces better why is he worse in the playoffs is he bad pitcher all of a sudden okay well comes? then is tanaka clutch in the playoffs no oh well he's not why not he was, he was i guess he was clutch but then maybe he did he forget to be clutch this year why didn't he why didn't he turn the clutch gene on because he's not he's just not a he's not that good of a pitcher oh okay okay but then so i, I mean, don't think playoff tanaka was actually a thing i mean okay. what do you have like four it was like a four game sample size well, what's Kershaw's sample size? Like thirty starts. Yeah. Well, if it, that's a lot. It, that's a lot. That's like a whole season. If he makes ten more starts, maybe it will go down. I mean, my mm. my guess would be that he faces way better competition, and and probably I don't think what what is as a pitcher what is mentally what what does that make him do? Like he makes him throw worse pitches. I don't understand. Like, yeah, dude, he uh, just he just falls succumbs to the pressure. And he just, um, you know, mentally breaks down. I mean, pitching is um, very mental. You have to figure out it to be mentally locked in because it's like, okay, this guy might be looking for a fastball. He hasn't been able to touch it. So I'm going to give it, give him the curveball. And it's like, why are you giving him a curveball if he hasn't touched the, the fastball? It's like, just strict, stick to your stuff. And that's like where the catcher comes in. But sometimes like pitchers shake it off or like, you know, they just um, they're they're fast. I mean, sometimes it's hard to control whether you have it, your stuff, like if your fastball is flat or not. But I mean, there's still like the control factor where it's like you're locked in and you're very patient. You're taking your, your breaths, following through and, you know, just hitting your targets. And it seems like just Kershaw just. You know, he doesn't have that edge that he has and he just like misses a little bit here. And all it takes is like if you miss like um, two inches off the plate and it's more towards the middle and it's a little flat. Next thing you know, it's, you know, 420 feet um, in the stands. So it's definitely, definitely a thing. Um, like I think he just pitches scared He and you kind of like choke the ball a little bit. Um, instead of just like being very relaxed and he, it just seems very tight and it stinks because I think after hearing that the Astros cheated gave him a little bit more like, okay, so I wasn't that bad. Like they were, you know, cheating while, um, you know, I was pitching, I thought I was pitching well and I just couldn't beat them, but really in reality they were cheating. So that's why they hit me so well. And he did pitch well in the first round, but I mean, listen, 
He has in, a three five ERA uh, in, this year, which is not his regular season ERA, obviously. But I mean, he had it's a small sample size too. But he had eight innings and no runs against the Brewers. I don't know. That, yeah, that's good. But I know what you're For saying. Look, I'm though. open to the idea that maybe he he's not as comfortable in the playoffs, and he it's gets definitely more not comfortable. nervous, and he is not able to handle it as well. But I just think nine times out of ten, it's really when people are just saying clutch or not clutch. It's either small sample size or it's just like selective memory. Like, so, I mean, it, it, it's, it's too hard to ignore. I don't understand then why yeah, he's, I don't really so have bad. a great explanation for why it. Why is he so bad in the fucking playoffs? There's no, I, I have to pull up the numbers because it's, it's really, um, it, it's, it's just amazing. Why, where the hell is baseball reference? All right, here we go. All right. So career, career, just like regular season ERA, 2.43. All right, so let's look at the postseason pitching. Postseason pitching. All right, so how many games? How many starts? Where's the starts? Games, 35 games. 35, you know, 177 innings. So this is a a full season, okay? 4.31 ERA, 11 and 12. That's... A significant drop off. His ERA essentially doubles, doubles in the in the in the uh, postseason. Like that's not that's not you know it's not a small sample size. It's not a fluke. It just is what it is. It's very consistent, and there's no really other explanation. It's just a mental thing. I mean, that's that's it is what it is. So you know, so then for for instance. Here, here, um, here's a couple of examples of good starts. He in Game Five of the NLCS in 2018, he pitched seven innings and gave up one run to give these Dodgers a three-two series lead. In the 2017 World Series, in Game One, so this is the World Series, Game One of the World Series, can't really have too much more pressure than a World Series game. He pitched seven innings and allowed just one run and struck out eleven. And Is this a, was that against the Astros? Twenty seventeen yeah. World Series would be against the Astros when they were probably stealing signs too. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, how if somebody's not clutch, then how the hell do you have great starts in clutch moments? I I would think it's probably a combination of he's facing a lot better competition. I mean, you would expect a pitcher's over a big enough sample size. You're going to expect a pitcher's ERA to be worse in the playoffs than in the regular season. Um, but not this bad. No, it's not like, this bad. Okay. I mean, double is bad. But then I'll be open to the possibility that, you know, maybe there's other stats that are like underlying stats besides ERA where it's like, okay, ERA makes him look like he's so much worse during the playoffs where if you look at these different stats, it shows – whatever he's you know slightly worse or a little bit worse but not that bad i don't know oh dodgers two to one well it's say fair oh is that a home run or a foul ball well he pitched ball. twice in the 2018 world series to boston and lost twice i mean that boston team was also after. a juggernaut i mean that was like an incredible didn't they win like 114 games or something like that or 108 games or something he gave up nine runs total yeah, I mean, it's not great. 14 hits. 
in um, 11 innings. So 11. So he pitched 11 innings and gave up nine runs. Yeah, I mean, he's the worst pitcher in the playoffs. There's no uh, way to get around that. I just don't. I, I don't think it can be entirely attributed really like, to isn't like it's really just being mentally tougher to where in those high pressure situations you're more relaxed and you could you're not going to because it's this is how it goes it's not like you get better in the clutch situations you just are who you are so what about LeBron he just is who he is what about he 2011 is, against the Mavs I mean, that's like that. Okay, so that's what I'm about to say. It's basically, it's either you are who you are. So it's like, if you miss the shot, if you make it, it's like, okay, like, you know, it's not, not it's not like you're clutch. It's just like, you're good. So that's why you're going to make it. Yeah. Like if you're, it's like the same probability as if it was like just a, any other day, um, any other game. But there's the, there's, since it's more high pressure, um, you know, you're a little bit tighter, a little bit stiffer. And you start to overthink, overanalyze everything you do. And that's when you are off your game. So it's really like that mental aspect. And that's probably what we saw in 2011 with LeBron. Um, Because that was his... How many times did he go to the finals then? That that was his second time in the finals. Second time. So maybe, I mean, you know, obviously he didn't even play well at all. But... Um, I think he just, I guess he fell under the pressure and just didn't do well. Um, you know, I'd have to watch that, watch that tape again to see. But yeah, I mean, it, that was really strange, especially like a, a guy of his caliber. But I mean, he shook it off and now he just, he's much more relaxed and just plays his game. Um, so yeah, that's like that's what I'm trying to say. It's I mean, just like I mean, there there is obviously a mental component, and I'm sure there's people who handle pressurized situations better than others. I just don't think it's as extreme as people make it out to be. Would be my point. I think maybe it exists, but not to the degree that people says it exists. Because I mean, if you look at Kobe, he's known as one of the most clutch players ever, and then literally every single oh. stat you could possibly bring out is that he's not good at all in clutch moments and he shoots a terrible percentage. And I wouldn't say that Kobe is somebody who lets pressure moments get to him too much. He just consistently had a terrible approach in pressure moments, which is I'm going to shoot no matter what. So, and he's had so many attempts that his, his makes. Yeah. He could have 20 misses. Yeah. You have 20 makes and those are 20 great highlights. And that's a highlight tape in the clutch for five minutes, but you don't have the 800 times that he missed. So, yeah, I mean, I do, I do think clutch is uh, a a factor and it's real, but not too, not too as big of a degree as people would like to think. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what degree it's like, let's put it this way. It's like, if, (laughs) <laughs> if there's a player like all right so let's say there's charlie morin 30 that's the this year charlie morin verse and uh you have charlie morin available and clayton kershaw clayton kershaw has played um did great in the postseason and obviously i mean the regular season and morin hasn't but morin has been historically great in the postseason 
and Clayton, Clayton Kershaw has been relatively mediocre, who would you go with? But with Kershaw obviously being the superior pitcher, because Morin, um, although he had, he, has, he had a great year last year, he's 37 and definitely struggled this year, showing his age. I would go with Kershaw and literally okay. a second. I would, I would go with Morton. I mean, I would go with Morton. You want to so playoff Tanaka? You don't think is real, but you think playoff Morton is not, real? He's not. I mean, so it, well, because there's actually a sample size for um, Charlie Morton. I'm look at how many games. I'm looking at it right now, big guy. How many games started? Do you think for Charlie Morton in the playoffs? In the postseason? Yep. Uh, twenty. Three. 11. Okay. And he has, I guess, one appearance as a reliever that make it 12. So it's like, yeah, he has a 2-8-4 ERA in the playoffs and 11 starts. You don't think he's had, uh, you know, 12 start streaks in the regular season where he has a sub-3 ERA? I would say that Charlie Morton better hope his career ends sooner rather than later so everyone thinks of him as this amazing playoff pitcher. So otherwise, he's like three bad starts away from just being like who he's always been. All right, so Tanaka has 10 starts, and he has a 3.3 ERA. Exactly. So Tanaka before this was playoff Tanaka, and literally all it took was like, what What did he have, like two starts this playoffs? Two mediocre two starts, starts to basically turn into literally who he's always been. So Charlie Morton is probably, I guarantee you, if Charlie Morton, well, I can't guarantee this because it's such a small sample size, but it would not surprise me at all if Charlie Morton pitches like twice in the World Series and does bad. And then and then he's, mm. and then he's like one or two more starts away from just being Charlie Morton, uh, but then I, it could also be a factor that he he also is just very mentally tough and he blocks in better in the playoffs. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, I just don't think Tanaka is that good. So that's why it's like you could be you could be um, you could have good playoff starts, but I mean, Tanaka is better than Charlie Morton though. No, over the course of their career. Charlie Morton was Charlie Morton's peak was better than Tanaka's. Okay, well that's a different discussion than who's been better over the, Charlie Morton's ERA for his career is four oh eight. I mean he he had literally two incredible years last year with the Rays and twenty eighteen with the Tanaka, Astros. Other than that, he's been basically mediocre. Tanaka he's probably cheating on the six, Astros. Six seasons, three point seven four. All right. That, Seven seasons. That's that's and then Charlie Morton is they're probably basically around the same pitcher because you think if Tanaka pitches Morton six more, like, Morton's been in the league for like fifteen years. That's why he's been in thirteen years. But that's what I'm saying. If Tanaka pitches for six more years, his ERA is probably going to go. I don't up. think that's why. I don't think he's getting better. Like I think that will probably hit you know the four ERA because yeah, but that's what I'm saying. They're probably the same exact pitcher. <laughs> so uh, and unless I guess we're saying that Charlie Morton. Yeah, we'll just wait and see. I mean, to Charlie Morton, maybe he has the magic clutch factor that makes him. Well, well, I would. What I would say is, then, if that's true, then why doesn't Charlie Morton turn on his magic clutch factor during the regular season? Because if he did, he would make himself a bunch of money. You think you would figure that he does care about being a good pitcher in the regular season? So Charlie Morton is good in the regular season, though. Okay, but I'm saying he's not as good as he is in the playoffs. If you show me a picture that's pretty good in the regular season as and is incredible in the playoffs, I'm going to have a really hard time believing that the reason he's really good in the playoffs is because he just like is is a mentally a savage. Because then it's like, dude, 
you're going to get paid off of your regular season performance nine times out of 10. So you're literally like costing yourself and your family money by not no. locking in mentally. Because the last thing you remember um, are the playoffs. Like think of Strasburg, right? Strasburg, underwhelming. Um, it's not underwhelming though. You 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 say you said that multiple times about Strasburg, and then we'll bring up his baseball reference page, and his stats are incredible over his. I'm career. just saying because like, he was so hyped. He was hyped as like the the chosen one. Yeah. Okay. Well, he didn't he live up hyped. to that hype. He's still really good though. He's way better than Charlie Morton. Oh, well, I'm not comparing him to Charlie Morton. I'm, I'm, that's that's a different story. I'm just saying you get paid. M- Nobody is paying Charlie Morton a ton of money saying, hey, you know, we're going to get this guy. And, you know, we know that when he gets in the postseason. The Charlie Morton thing is, is done with. It's done <laughs> okay, with. Okay, well, because probably I won. That's maybe why. No, it's just totally – it's just he's just done. But, I mean, Strasburg – I'm just not a Strasburg guy. Like, his oh, numbers God. are pretty solid, but – um. They just gave him a monster contract was he because hurt he, this year? huh? Was he... Yeah, he was hurt. He <laughs> basically game two, um, gone that's, out for the season. That's pretty. And he's thirty one. That's, that's so, pretty bad. And he just signed his new contract. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, his enjoy stats, it. Stats Nationals, but Nationals um really fell off. I mean, luckily they have Juan Soto, who's like. I just like tweeted out the fucking. Yeah, you got did roasted. you see the dude? What the fuck was that? You got extremely okay. roasted. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, okay, the best players in the league: Mike Trout, Mookie, and I forgot to mention Juan Soto. I knew I was forgetting someone, but I just did it in like five seconds. Um, the top five pet players in the league: uh, Trout one. I'm gonna say like Mookie three because I don't even think anyone can is really in that second tier. It's just like a. a there's a tier below. There's a tier between Trout and everyone else. So Trout, tier, Mookie, tier. Then it's like the, then it's like, then it's like, you know, you pick who you like. I mean, and then it's, then it's Soto, I would say probably. And then it's like, gets a little bit more unclear. Um, but I mean, Acuna's phenomenal. Um, Tatis has been phenomenal. And yeah, like he hasn't played that well, but he's been absolutely insane. Then you have guys like uh, Machado, Ramirez, Bregman, Judge, um, Arenado, Harper. Did you say you know, Machado? Gets, what? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. but it's hard to factor in pitchers because that's the thing. Pitcher, I kind of. That's why you kind of just don't. It's just you do top ten bat like uh, position players and then the um, pitchers separately, but you know after like after like the two, it's it's kind of blurry, just because um, you know not besides Trout because like um, you know guys like like Yelsh had a you know a subpar season, but it was a little bit shortened. And he also had like he had two great years, but like the other two couple, other like three or four years were, um, were were good. They weren't amazing. Harper has had some stellar years, and then like he he sort of had a couple of years where he had a, a bunch of a high strikeout rate, um, which like kind of took him out of discussion. But like he's still there. 
Um, I mean, they didn't counter with any of their lists. So I know. I, I, I just tweeted. I was like, what? That they I was like what, what's your list? And he's like, he basically named the same people. He was just like, oh, yeah, Mike Trout, Mookie, Soto. And then he's like, and then all these other guys. It's like, okay, well, you didn't even name a list. Like, you, you don't know either. So what the fuck are you talking about? So your top two is the exact same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, oh, my God. And it's like some of these people. Like everyone in our mentions are just fucking stupid. No, because we the, the, the people dumbest, forget that the dumbest people were the Jordan people that came in. Oh my god! Some probably some and of the biggest still, idiots on earth. A week later. Yeah. A week first later. Of all, I'm like, how the hell are you even finding this? A week later, I'm legitimately curious, like how you're because Bomani Jones tweets approximately 300 times a day. So it's not like you're just scrolling back on. I would hope you're not scrolling back on his timeline to seven days ago or or four days ago or five. That would take you literally two. Tweets aren't that good. What? Yeah, it's like I don't. That would take you hours to do that. And yeah, people are just coming with the dumbest. Oh, you said LeBron's a better defensive player at his peak than Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan won Defensive Player of the Year. So he has so many steals. So bro. Anthony Davis never won Defensive Player of the Year, but Marcus Camby did. Does that mean Marcus Camby is definitely a better defensive player than Anthony Davis? Like, shut up. Well, who was the responses well, well, are so dumb? Remember, um, what did LeBron say? Who won the Defensive Player of the Year and wasn't on first team all defense? Oh, yeah. Marcus Saul, I think, was. Marcus Saul. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I mean, listen, I feel like the defensive. Um, I think defense and basketball is very hard to. <laughs> it's extremely hard. To... Like, if you're not a big man, it's just like, it's very tough. I mean, you could see who's bad. It's easier but, to see who's bad than to see who's good. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you'll see. Because it's like, oh, how is he against the, the pick and roll and off balls? How does he fend against, like, off ball screens and all this shit? And it, like, looks into all these numbers. And it's like, you know, sometimes. And, and then somehow Rudy Gobert is always number one. But then you hear Kevin Durant um, go on the pod on a podcast and goes, which is there's probably some defense, what KD's favorite thing to do players. at this point is to go on a podcast. Yeah. He's like, there's, every two days, there's a new tweet in my feed with some uh, image of KD with some quote from well, like did the it, Bobby Johnson podcast. It's like, how many, it's like, we might as well just DM him. I think we, we got like a 50 50 shot for him to come on. No, nah, I mean, I'm extremely available. And he does answer DMs. <laughs> yeah, he does prove himself. Uh, we gotta find his burner because I think there'll be less mentions in there, yeah, so he'll we'll stand out it. more. Because he does have one, so he did say, and he's proud to say. So shout out to KD. He's proud to say that oh. he earned his titles in in Golden State. He played amazing in twenty seven. That was the most recent one that I saw. It's been it's like, been five years, and we're still talking about the fucking Warriors thing. People are so so upset. It's like get over it. Oh my god. Um, I forgot what I was gonna say, but uh, KD, uh, Rudy Gobert. Like yeah, defense. I know, but it's like none of us are watching films, so it's like leave it to. I know what you're saying, well, Rudy Gobert, but then he KD says he's easy to play against or whatever. But then it's yeah, like, like it's like people actually attack. They like look to attack Rudy Gobert, but people keep naming him Defensive Player of the Year. So it's like who who is the fucking defense? Who is the best defender in the NBA? It's like you really AD. I mean, yeah, I would be, to- yeah. I mean, right now, I feel like it's a clear cut, um, you know, pick 
But then after that, it's like kind of skewed. Not necessarily with the the centers, because then you have like Bam. But then, um, like if you look at the guard, it's like, you know, like how good is Chris Paul at defense at thirty six years old or however? Probably not as good as his reputation is. Yeah, I mean. That's another thing. It's I, once you get the road reputation one way or the other on defense, it kind of just sticks to you. Like James Harden had that, <laughs> that one video. It's amazing how powerful um, social media is. Basically, if people don't remember, probably in like 2016, maybe 2015, um, a video came out of James Harden basically playing atrocious defense and him just like basically standing around. And it was just like embarrassing. So then the next season, he he stepped it up and went from terrible to pretty much average. And just ever since that video, people still think he he sucks at D. I mean, I think it definitely died down a little bit more, but people still like bring it up. And it's like, I, I mean, he's fine. Like he's not, you know, he definitely takes takes plays off. But um, a guy with that, um, with the amount of possessions that he has and all he, that he does on the offensive end, it like, you know, it makes sense. Cause I mean, even, I mean, Kawhi takes, Kawhi takes games off. Not yeah, even possession. Kawhi is probably another one who's living a little bit on reputation. Yeah. In terms of like, um, who the hell has Kawhi locked down lately? I don't know. I mean, maybe could he have locked down Jamal Murray? Murray? Would that have helped? <laughs> Couldn't even lock down Gary Harris. I mean, geez, God. Uh, yeah, Kawhi actually said that apparently he's looking for a point guard, which makes sense because they, they don't have a point guard. I don't <laughs> yeah, care. I mean, they literally don't. Their point guards are Pat Beverly and Lou Williams, neither of whom are point guards. Yeah, uh, like Lou Will is just like a short shooting guard who's getting older and just basically takes up shots. Like I would I would not like playing with Lou Will. Like the guy just comes off the bench and just – Shoots. And I mean, yeah. Play any defense, and he yeah. also, if you look at speaking of playoff stats, go ahead and look at Lou Will's oh, playoff man. stats. Some of the oh. worst stats you're ever going to see in your life. Like, what the hell happens to that guy? He's supposed to be like cool, Lou Will. He's so cool. He's just calm and un- under pressure. And I don't know what the hell he does in the playoffs. Cool. He, his well, that's what the kids call him. Yeah, well, the kids are stupid. How about that? He, uh, yeah, stats are terrible in the playoffs. I don't know. Did he's you... His career. Oh, I know. I'm looking at the wrong. Yeah, de- if they look even decent, then you're definitely looking at the wrong stats. He's literally worse across the boards. Like his shooting percentages are horrendous. There's so many stats on Basel Reference. It's like. Yeah, playoffs advanced, playoffs per 36, playoffs total, playoffs average, playoffs per game, playoffs average. Like I don't care about the totals. Like just yeah, give me the total, average. Get rid of the total tab, or just like minimize it unless otherwise stated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like we're trying to look at the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. And see oh guys, man, like, did he have twenty thousand points this year? Like I don't know who the hell cares. Uh. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> okay. So twelve points per game, Blech. three assists, two rebounds. Uh, on 40% shooting and 25% uh, percent from three. In 71 games, that's a lot of games. That's a, uh, it's a full season. It's a bad player. And, How the hell I mean, does he shoot 25% from three in the playoffs? What the terrible. hell is that about? And I think he, he's a scammer. Lou Will is just literally a scammer. He, he, he's winning fucking uh, six man of the year, which is just terrible. Yeah, literally terrible. just everyone – well, 
just oh give Lou Will five seven. or six man of the year trophies and give Rudy Gobert two more defensive player of the year trophies and just ban them from ever winning the award again so we could talk about other people. But he averaged 27 per 36 to last year. It's pretty crazy during the regular I'm season seven. or in the playoffs. This is regular season. Yeah, I mean, um, it's per 36, though. I mean, that's still yeah. really good for a guy who comes yeah, off the no, bench. Um, but did you see the rumor? I don't even know if this is actually a rumor. I don't think it is, but the Lakers trading for Chris Paul, like they would trade basically their entire team. Um, I, I honestly, I think whoever trades for Chris Paul is just going to get trapped. Um, I don't, but I don't know how many, so he has next year. I think they're just going to overpay. But how many more years does he have on his contract? Uh, Let's see. Let's look at the Chris Paul situation. Chris Paul, let's see. How old is he? If you said he had two more years on his contract, I would be be in on that. But three, I don't think that's real. All right, so he's 35, turning 36 in May. So so he's the same age as LeBron, basically. Okay, so he's under contract for $41 next season and the season after that, if he picks up a player option, which is 100%, because no one's going to deny a 44 million dollar player option at 37 years old yeah I and mean, he actually said that i mean, so. I mean the next year is going to be probably rough but i mean if he pay if he plays like he did this year next year then you're not gonna your team's not gonna be screwed because you're paying chris but maybe, maybe it will be i don't know if the salary caps do you want to bet on a 36 year old chris paul playing like that with making 44 million i mean probably not probably not but it was just like because like what you said i don't know like what i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter they could trade lakers could trade whoever outside of lebron and ad and it it just like it would still make the team better because like the they're very the replacement level players will absolutely fill in for um the lakers role players all of them all of them uh you know I mean, I'm, I'm not a hater. It just is what it is. The Lakers' talent outside of LeBron and AD are just not that good. But this and, was literally like trading everyone. I think he was trading Kuzma, trading uh, Danny Green, trading AV Bradley, and like maybe trading like Javale. I don't know. These guys think like, go ahead, yeah, do it. Yeah, but then I mean, you it, do have to. Then if your whole team is basically Chris Paul, LeBron, and AD, all on like huge contracts, now I feel like you're just pushing the limits. Like who the hell would even be on the team then, besides those guys? You could find you could. Well, that's the and thing. And what if do Chris Paul breaks his ankle? Now what? Do you do you, do you trust Rob Palinka to fail out? I like um, I'm 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 pro Rob Palinka, so I, I just think he's hilarious, and I think he flipped a double bird to the haters, and I just think he's a funny guy. He just lies. He just literally tells constant lies that have no basis in reality. Oh yeah. He just made up a story about like Kobe meeting Heath Ledger. That was totally fake. Um, Yeah. And I just think he's hilarious and it just works. He just, he's, he's Kobe's agent making a bunch of money. Then he just randomly is running the Lakers and everywhere he just goes. It's just, he, 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 he wins. He's just a winner. Um, So I'm pro Rob Blinka, but yeah, I don't think the Lakers are going to trade for Chris Paul. I saw another thing, another rumor that they might trade for Derek Rose. Which I all because apparently they were rumored to do that at the trade deadline, but I don't really know. I mean, their identity is like they're a defensive team, and they do need like one more guy who 
can sort of create offense, but I don't think it's kind of like the Rondo LeBron thing, which, Hey, I guess that worked out, but Rondo Derek Rose, I don't see as a great fit because Ron, uh, Derek Rose can't space the floor. Derek Rose is probably a worse. I would almost say definitely a worse uh, catch and shoot. I don't know his stats, but I would probably trust Rondo to hit a catch and shoot three more than I would trust D Rose. I can't even picture in my head D Rose shooting a catch and th- shoot three. Um, he's been better. No, he, um, he's definitely improved from but... three. I think like uh, 2019, his he randomly had like a good three pointing year shooting year, but this year he like regressed back. But he's at there. 30%. Yeah, I mean, that's bad. But who knows if it's like 35% on catch and shoot, but not a lot of catch and shoot threes. I don't know. I, I, what? You're not getting him to get shoot threes. Yeah, basically. I know. And it's like, yeah, do they need that like a little extra juice on offense? They could definitely use that. But I just don't know. Like, is he going to be able to be part of like a great defensive team? I don't know. Maybe. You'd figure he's athletic. Like, how hard is it to like just stay with your man, dude? Uh, but I, I know that he's not known as like a good defensive player, at least at this point of his career. Um, but who who knows? I mean, that that could be interesting. I would love to see D Rose play like a big role on like a championship team. So I'm, I'm interested I mean, to see Bradley how that goes. Is, uh, he's a free agent. Mike Conley. Mike, I, I think Mike Conley definitely has a player option though, or something like that. Yeah, he does. I would actually, um, if I'm the Lakers, I would go. I would definitely steal DJ Augustine. Yeah, that would be a good one. I mean, DJ Augustine is is just a, a he's just a good point guard. Like, yeah, he's not locked down deep, but somehow Frank Vogel made it work with uh, the. I mean, Rondo. I have no idea if he's good on defense or not. Like, he'll show he's good on defense with him, make a dumb I play. I still hate that Rondo's gonna be on the team next year. <laughs> he came up so big, and I'm still like, oh god, I have to watch that guy again. Oh, but uh, yeah, DJ Augustine. Yeah. Like, what's what's his uh, DJ Augustine stats for like the past couple of years? Like, I would guess he's been on the Magic, right? Like, sixteen points, seven assists. Uh, is he a good shooter? I need a good yeah. shooter next to LeBron. Yeah, he is. That's why I think DJ Augustine. Like, I want the Nets to get him just because he's a, a an excellent three point shooter. Oh. He's a 38 percent um, career last three years um, from two thousand eighteen to now. It was forty two. 42 and 35 so this year uh dipped down a little bit but he was hurt he it was a shortened season so we could have seen that pop a little bit more maybe to like 37 how old is he he's 32 so i would would take that on the lakers in a a second i knew somebody who could shoot that's the one thing that was missing from this lakers team was just like watching lebron kick out to guys for wide open catch and shoot threes and being like i have no clue if this is going to go in or not you need a point guard at the top of the key that you just kick out to to where like the, literally the same situation Danny Green was in. That's where you put DJ Augustine to knock it down. And you also, LeBron does, I mean, Rondo helped out in this factor, but it's useful to have someone on the, the team who's like kind of the backup point guard. Who's also on the court together with LeBron. Like for the rare possessions where LeBron's not going to have the ball in his hand, you do want some other guy who can like run an offense, not just yeah, like the no, Bozo crew who, oh, if LeBron doesn't run this play, we have no idea what we're supposed to do. I would love that yeah. move, DJ Augustine. I don't know if he's going to get paid too much to go to the Lakers, though. Maybe he wants to win a title. I don't think so. Um, I feel like his market value is pretty, isn't that high? Just because he's been on the Magic. So it's not like he was on like this big name team with, a bunch of eyes on him. I think he's very underrated, and I think 
whoever gets him is going to get him at value. Like, I think people are looking at him at as a backup point guard, but I mean, considering the Lakers. I mean, depth, Avery Bradley was their starting point guard this year, and he played yeah. well, but I think DJ Augustine could unseat him. I think that would be a, a huge upgrade. I mean, defensively, Avery Bradley is better, but I don't think Avery Bradley is locked down. Um, he's not, you know, he, he was great at defense. I don't think he's that um, special anymore. So, I mean, I don't think there's too much of a, a gap. I think, let's put it this way, the gap between Avery's and DJ's uh, offensive game, um, like the margin is significant enough to where it will offset the defense. So simply put, DJ Augustine is just a better, he's a better player and a better fit for that Lakers team. Um, I saw like Nets rumors, but I mean, we have Kyrie and Spencer who could take that role. And um, Karras could also play in point guard. And then we have Chris Chiosa. So, I mean, we have plenty of point guards. So, I mean, I don't know where he would fit with the Nets, but yeah, I mean, with like if I'm the Lakers, um, I think he's my number one option. I, I think I'm trying to grab him because the Lakers do need a point guard. They need a point guard. I'm not sold on Rondo. Like he played great. It's like let's just enjoy it. Let's just not, you know, like just be like, okay, you know, we have our point guard for the future because people forget how bad he was. Um, and I just don't think he's he showed up clutch. I mean, maybe play. I don't understand. I I just don't. It still it doesn't make sense to me the whole thing. But yeah, I'm still looking for a point guard, and. You know, we'll see what else they do, but because they don't really have any any trade pieces, like, but anyone else in the trade, like, it's fine. I just don't think Kuzma is anything special. Danny Green, JaVale McGee, Avery Bradley, like, all those guys are very much replacement players. Like, if you are savvy enough GM, you could easily find those guys on a cheaper contract. I just don't know if so I'm looking, he's made $50 million. I don't know if he's looking for like his last big payday, but I don't, like you said, maybe he won't even be able to get that. So he played at uh, Texas with KD too. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see. Dodgers we'll tied see. it up two to two. Oh man. I love Dustin, Dustin May. I said, I don't know if I said this to you. He pitches like Waluigi in Mario baseball. <laughs> he does the huge leg. I told Mike that he it's yeah. it's a hundred percent true. He does the big leg kick. He's got the long, lanky limbs. Uh it's a good kid. The Red Rocket, I think that's what's what his name is. Yeah, I mean that's just uh, like I mean, the standard I... nickname. I mean Andy Dalton. Uh <laughs> no, he was the red rifle. Red rifle. Um Yeah, I mean it would be pretty it would be bad if the Dodgers lost this, though. I mean, they... It would be bad. I'm rooting for them hard. Dude, the Braves, outside of um, Max Fried, who pretty much just broke out this year, and Ian Anderson, a rookie, you know, their rotation isn't great. They're, like, compared to the Dodgers... They have Freddie Freeman, though, who is, like, one of the best hitters this year. Acuna, yeah, Freeman, Acuna. Yeah, no, the lineup is, is really good, but... You know, you know, don't you need a complete team? Like, why aren't the Yankees in the fucking playoffs if it's all about the fucking uh, lineup? Like, I don't understand. Like, I think the the Yankees have a better better hitters than the Braves. Yeah, I mean, they 
they probably they're healthy I, and on point. I have to admit that as with when we're talking like non-Yankees teams, like I don't really know what each team's situation is. Like I don't know if the Braves have like this sick rotation. Like you're saying they don't, but do they have like a sick bullpen? I don't even really know. Uh, I just want I like I said on the pod, like the Dodgers made a power move. They traded for Mookie Betts. Not only did they trade him, they knew they were gonna have to give him a big contract, and they did it. That's like that's what like a big big boy team does, and I want them so to be awesome. rewarded for that. Like, I see people, the guy that I follow, you have to admit, I do a good job curating a, a good feed of, of followers on Twitter. The yeah. the the Bobby Malone guy, the Yankee guy, he yeah. uh, like he's tweeting stuff about, like, Francisco Lindor. I'm like, dude, what planet do you live on where you think the Yankees are going to trade for Francisco Lindor and pay him, like, 250 or $300 million? Like where, like what, what planet are you from? That's not what they do. Like they don't operate like that anymore. I think uh, the Cole signing was basically to just get the fans to throw them off the scent, basically to make everyone think like, Oh, the Yankees, this is the Yankees. This is what they do. And it's like, no, this is not what they do. Watch the Yankees. There's rumors. There's been articles floating around that like the Yankees are going to slash payroll going into next season. So my prediction for their off season was, um, uh, sign Tanaka, sign DJ, sign Gardner, and like sign yeah. or trade for a relief pitcher. I don't even think they're going to do that. I could see them letting DJ go. And people, uh, and that's when maybe finally Yankees fans will like wake up and be like, oh, what's going on here? This doesn't make a lot of sense. I thought we're the Yankees and we're letting one of our best players and most beloved players go because he wanted $19 million and we only offered him $16 million. So if that happens, maybe Yankees fans will finally like start to wake up to reality. Yeah, no, I mean, you definitely have been banging the uh, drum. No, I mean, yeah, you have, you know, history on your side. It shows like they really haven't. I mean, they learned, I wouldn't say they learned. I think Ellsbury, the whole that year where they got Ellsbury, but that was just a dumb contract. The moment it was signed, though, yeah, like that didn't make the, any sense. That was just dumb. Who was the catcher that they got? McCann. McCann. Oh God, it was just like. And this was after he, they let Cano go, right? So like it made yeah. no sense, and they took basically Cano's money and gave him to crappy players. When meanwhile yeah. Cano was so worth that contract. Cano was still a good hitter, so he's still. Well, yeah, he had his years on the Mariners were incredible. Like he was worth his contract, but the Yankees couldn't give it to him. And I even remember whatever when we were in like eighth grade or ninth grade, however old we were, or maybe eleventh grade, I don't know, when he when they let him go, like the narrative was all like, Oh no, he's asking for this ridiculous contract. We and then it's like Yankees fans, like the whole narrative was like, Oh, we're we're thank God we didn't pay Robinson Cano that money. As if it's like our money that's paying these players. Meanwhile, he goes on to hit like 337 over seven yeah. years with the Mariners. Oh, like, thank God we weren't paying Robinson Cano. It was um, it was three guys, right? It was Ellsbury, McCann, and one other player. Maybe like a pitcher? New York Yankees. What year was that? 2011, maybe? 2012, 11 range? I know what you're saying. They splurged on McCann, Ellsbury... I'm just going to look up McCann Ellsbury and see if the third guy comes up. Carlos Beltran. Oh, yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, who who was in favor of that over Cano? 
Mark Reynolds, Brian McCann, yeah. How about the Rays going to two World Series? Jin Ming Yang, Wong, bro. Jin Ming Wong was great. He had two 19-win seasons back-to-back. Then he got hurt rounding the bases in interleague play against the Astros while he was wearing his little, like, pitcher jacket. And that was it for Jin Ming Wong. Alfonso was still on that team. Alfonso Soriano had, like, a weird career. He was, he was, his home runs were very exciting to watch. His, his, he had a good swing. He swung a heavy bat, it looked like. Like, he had a big, long swing. He, yeah, he came back to the Yankees when he was 37. Um, he had, he had 17 home runs in 58 games. Am I, is it, am I reading this right? Yeah, that was like he had a one random streak where he was like just on fire for the Yankees. Seven. That's pretty impressive. He did the same. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, he had 46 home runs on the Nationals one year and 38, 39 and 38 on the Yankees. That's crazy. I think he either did or almost had a 40 40 season. 39 home runs and 41 stolen bases. There you go. He got close. Didn't he hit like wow. 46 home runs for the National or something random? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, you know, shout out to Alfonso. He was all over the place a couple of years. He was on Yankees, Texas, Nationals, Cubs, Yankees. Man, good times. Good times. Yeah, but I'm just Yankees fans brace for impact. Uh, when the Yankees cut salary, but hey, we'll see. Maybe, maybe they won't. But uh, maybe their excuse will be, I don't know if we already talked about this, but I think we did. Like on this podcast, like literally this exact episode. But the idea that like the Rays, did I mention this? Like the Rays are in the World Series and they have this low payroll. So this whole banking on the whole analytics. Thing. Yeah, but it's like that's. It doesn't mean that it's it's better to have a low payroll. You know what I'm saying? Like people's are takeaway from the Rays is like, well, they have a low payroll, so it's not good to pay pay players like a lot of money. But it's like the Rays have a low payroll because they don't make a lot of money because they're the Tampa Bay Rays. They use analytics, but well, they don't have any stars. They have no one to pay. Yeah, exactly. But the, the and they don't buy anyone in free agency because they can't afford to, or maybe they claim they can't afford to. Who knows? But I just think people are going to be like. If the Yankees don't spend, it's just weird. It's like the point of baseball is to have good players on your team. Now the Rays and other teams with with not high payrolls that are good show that you can get good players on your team through scouting, through your your farm system, through development, through whatever, without paying a lot of money. But if you have good players, you you should still pay them. Like this, the same guy, the Yankee guy on Twitter that I would follow. He was like proposing like Zach Britton trades. And I'm like, wait, why are we trading Zach Britton? Because the Rays don't spend a lot of money. So we're going to trade our good players away and do what? Sign bad players that we hope become good because they're on our team? Like what? Why Why would we trade our good players off the team? I, 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 don't, I just don't understand. But maybe that's what Hal Steinbrenner will say. They'll cut payroll and he'll have like some quote in the New York Daily News about well, you look at the Rays won the World Series against the Dodgers and their payroll was $65 million. That's the new way that you got to win in this league. Shut up, scumbag. 
Yeah, I mean, this doesn't bode well for the Yankees if the Dodgers lose because they spent a bunch of money. That's why we need the Dodgers to win, so that's, that narrative isn't even allowed to start. But how, how yeah. about the, the, the Rays? Didn't they make the World Series like in 2011 or something random? You know, they did. I, I know for a fact they did. I don't remember who they played. But th- basically, the Yankees, the Rays have made two World Series, and the Yankees have made one in the last, whatever, 11 years, let's say. Like, let me look it up. Rays World Series appearances. Now, granted, you could say they lost, and the Yankees won, which is a good point, but it's kind of... The Yankees, what? The NBL, I mean. Huh? They won. They won the American League. So okay, the, in two thousand eight, the Rays went to the World Series. So yeah, literally in the past twelve seasons, the Rays have gone to the World Series twice, and the Yankees have gone once. That's pretty pathetic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, wait, we're the fucking Yankees. Like we we have expectations, we have standards. This is fucking New York, and these guys are just. It's just really annoying me watching these playoffs because. I really think the Yankees are just as good, if not better, than all these teams. Yeah, I so agree. I mean, the the Dodgers are fighting for their lives right now. I thought they were like the big bad juggernaut that was going to mow everybody down. But, I mean, the funny part is, you know, that's – like I said, the Yankees outscored the Rays in their series. They very easily could have won that series. They lost game seven on a solo home run, two to one. Like, it's very, very, very easy that we could be talking about the Yankees in the World Series right now. But – no, that's the way it goes. And I just, I just like, I think it's really frustrating because I think this, this season was wide open because there's no, uh, you know, 2018 Astros on this team where their, their rotation is amazing and their lineup is actually amazing. Like there are flaws in all these teams and, you know, as good as the Dodgers are, you know, there are some holes in the lineup. You know, Bellinger is, I think Bellinger is a bit overrated. Um, Defensively, he's phenomenal, but hitting wise, I mean, he's just so streaky. You know, if he's he just he hasn't had a great, um, great postseason, and it, you know, I'm just not. I, mean, I think Mookie's phenomenal. He's he's their best hitter for sure. But you know, it, it annoys me because, like I said, I think the Yankees could very well, even with their mediocre bullpen, um, not bullpen. Um, starting rotation, they could have made this work. I mean, it's it's upsetting, but you know this the core the core is not. I mean, yeah, Torres is younger, but I mean, Judge is what he's going to be like twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, I mean, Sanchez, the, the time to win is and, now. The Mayhew, if we keep him, you know, outside of Torres, I mean, Gio, I mean, Void is thirty years old. He's not a spring chicken. He's not a spring chicken. Hicks, you know, these guys are, you know. They're not old yet, but they're not young. Yeah. It's like, it's not like we're, we're, we're like, we have a bunch of, we're not like the 2012 OKC Thunder with like, you know, God's gift granting us three superstars at age, you know, 22. They're the rookie of the vets. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, we have to. Know, the Yankees need to get to work immediately. Like, there's no, that's, stop wasting time. That's what I think is going to be the most infuriating part, though, is that I think this offseason is not going to be a, we're right there. Let's, let's, you know, let's really, every year we're right there. Let's, let's go and get it. It's going to be like a, 
yeah, let's let's reset. Let's take a step back. COVID, we, we lost it, a lot of revenue, it, and they're just going to blow it. They're really going to blow it. It seems like every year they're just like, they get one piece. They don't go all in. They just get one piece and be like, let's see how we do with this one piece. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Okay, <laughs> James Paxton, Santon, Garrett Cole. How about like <laughs> now, two or three year. like really good signings? Yeah. Just like, I mean, come on. Like they're not like, signing Bauer. That's not happening. That's really the only option. I mean, no, I mean, I like um, Kevin Gaussman, uh on the Rays. He he has a nice fastball. We need guys with high, vos- high velocity, um, high velocity guys who could throw 98. So we get a, a stable full of 98ers. <laughs> I mean, the Yankees too uh, have, I mean, well, Severino when he comes back, but Cole throws hard. Chapman throws hard, but that's yeah, that's mostly it because Britain doesn't really throw that hard. Neither really does Chad Green. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about Chapman. Chapman needs to throw harder or something. Cause... <laughs> Chapman, I love how I mean, what's even when when and I like Chapman. Uh, I'm I'm glad he's Yankees closer, but like when it's not like working for Chapman, like what what option does he have? It's like uh, like what does a catcher do? Like throw harder, bro. <laughs> like throw the harder fastball, okay. It's like he just literally just pulls back and fucking like uncorks it as hard as he. That's his only strategy, and it works. It's either, yeah. It's the there's three fastballs: the 98, 101, and then like the the rare, very rare, like one hundred three, which could end up at their head, but it could also be a strike. <laughs> yeah, or his like arm could fall off his body, and then yeah, but and then he'll throw like his crappy slider that actually kind of looks good because it's just so much slower than the fastball but he never throws it really uh yeah i mean he threw like a couple split fingers that i thought looked pretty good but i don't know if you really trust that pitch but yeah i mean i don't know i just flipped over to the football game the niners are up 21 to 6 sometimes football i just feel like makes no sense like the rams are four and one the niners are two and three with so many injuries and they're just blowing them out Aaron Rodgers, my fantasy. What the hell QB. was that about today? They got blown out by the. Are, are the is Tom Brady going to win a Super Bowl with the Bucks? No. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, the odds are in your favor, but. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not. Uh, I, you know, listen, Tom Brady's a fine QB, but let's put it this way. I think Jameis is. I think people really underrate what Jameis was like yeah he threw a lot of picks but i think he was a fine qb i don't know and man he threw literally 30 interceptions i think he was like yeah i mean yeah it's not great but i mean he was like there he throws the ball so deep every time like when you have guys like godwin and evans like yeah go go fucking throw it i mean i think their offense was they had a good offense last year um and he had no run game so that's the thing it's like it's like, oh yeah, well, I mean, this guy threw so many picks, but it's like you look at their their run game. It's fucking uh, Ronald Jones and uh, Peter. I didn't even say uh, Ronald Peyton. McDonald. Ronald Peyton. is just a weird name. Like you know, they're gonna throw the ball, so obviously you're gonna, you know, you know that that's gonna hurt him. Um, yeah, I think I think Brady's, you know, Brady's the goat, but I mean, he's 42 years old, and I expected more. I mean, it's it's game six. He showed some life last week. This week, he was a little shaky. Um, they got the run game going. You know, I think the Bucks defense is really the the um, 
why like you would really like the Bucks to go go for it all. I mean, I guess Brady needs to develop more chemistry because I mean, Evans. I mean, Godwin has been hurt. Um, OJ Howard out for the season, but I mean, he's trash anyway. But I mean, yeah, they got so they finally got Godwin back, Evans, and Ronald Jones coming. So if it doesn't, like, I mean, they scored thirty-eight points this year, this this game. But I mean, Rogers was awful. Some of them was a pick six and whatnot. So let's see, let's see in the next like three weeks. I think the next three weeks will be good to get a grip on them. But um, I like the Steelers again. Like I said in the beginning of the season, my guys, my teams were Ravens, Chiefs, Bills, and Steelers. Um, and you know all the all those teams are looking good. Bills had a terrible game last game when they were just like there was a whole COVID thing. So I think that's an outlier. Now they play the Chiefs, who also had their first loss. So I think both teams play well, but the Chiefs are gonna um, come away with it. But you know Josh Allen, who would have thought? Who would have thought adding a good wide receiver? Um, to throw to would help him out. That's what a crazy, crazy idea. But yeah, I mean, it's working. It's working. They got good, a good defense. Chiefs are awesome. Ravens, Super Bowl. Well, I, then I, I don't know why I'm saying Super Bowl hangover. They didn't make the Super Bowl, but they were really good last year. And they're just, I mean, they're fine, but like, they're not like so fucking dominant where it's like, oh my God, the fucking Ravens are incredible. And it's like, you see the Packers, everyone's like jerking off the Packers. And I'm like, I don't think they're that amazing. Like they're the same team as last year, literally the same team as last year. It's not like their defense is better. They didn't improve in the offensive end. Rogers is playing a little bit better. He's, well, he's definitely playing better for sure. But, you know, I don't think he's like, I don't really see them as like contenders, but um, the, the, did the Giants get their first win? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. 19-20. Pathetic. I mean, the, the Redskins were going for two to finish the game. Oh, my God. Kershaw's warming up in the bullpen. Oh, here we go. Let's see. <laughs> the clutch factor. Oh, my God. I mean, they're, they're, they're losing 3-2 right not, now. Will this not decide the debate? I, no, it definitely won't. I mean, one way or the other, I don't think it decides the debate. If he blows it. Okay, but he can't blow it. They're losing right now. Well, if he blows it, if he really, if he, if he gets them out of reach, yeah, that would be tough. That'd be a tough look. Uh, it would be a tough look. I mean, I don't. If he does really good, I'm not going to be declaring victory. Um, but what? I mean, I don't know if he does really bad. So what was I going to say about um? What were we talking about before this? Was it football? Football. The Giants. Oh yeah, the Giants. They um. Yeah, the the Redskins win for I mean not the Redskins, excuse me. I'm gonna get canceled. The Washington football team went for two. Oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> went for two and they didn't get it. Um but yeah, I mean the Giants are a joke. Now they're not even gonna they can't even be bad right. So they're probably gonna go four and twelve, get the fifth pick, and be terrible for the next ten seasons. I mean, it's underrated. It's just not talked about enough what a disgrace the Giants are. Like they're literally the worst organization in football. They have the worst uh, record in the past, like, five years. I mean, not the past five years. I think the past three seasons before this one or something, including the Browns going 0-16. I mean, that's so bad. So bad. And now they're not even going to get Trevor Lawrence. It's just uh, it's just hard. I mean, I'm rooting for them to lose every game. But 
then you have the fans who are like, oh, you can't root for the team to lose because they need to go three and 13 so they can get the fifth pick and be terrible again next year. Like, all right, you're just an idiot. There's a huge gap between the first and second pick, Trevor Lawrence and everyone else. It's like one can change your entire, like the next 10 years of your franchise and the other one might not make a difference next year. Like if you get a great offensive lineman at number two, it's like you still need how how many other how many guys are on the offensive line six seven six so it's like you still need five other good ones so it's like all right you got five more years to draft five good ones and then like you could start filling out the rest of your roster it's like there's so many players like the the most um the highest leverage and most significant position is obviously the quarterback which is why they always win mvps that's why tom brady is considered the greatest football player of all time you know because he's the quarterback and he wins you know it's whoever's throwing the ball like if you like if you put if you uh put uh oh my god if you put patrick mahomes on like any team if you put patrick mahomes on the giants they're probably like four and two right now yeah, I would say give him give him Andy Reid. They'll go uh, seven, seven and um, nine. Yeah, probably. Honestly, I mean they. Uh, I mean it's just I don't know. I just wanted them to get Trevor. It would be cool to root for. I mean the Jets are probably going to go on sixteen. They're probably going to get him. Um, I might become so I'm like a free agent basically. Become a Jets I fan. Don't. That would be a great. I mean the Jets are a mess but if they get trevor that will be something fun to root for so basically i was leaning towards the giants because they had barkley and odell and i wasn't a fan of eli so then when they got daniel jones and daniel jones did show some promise um i was like okay you know we might have some action here and then all of a sudden odell gets traded jones stinks barkley's hurt and it's like okay well i definitely don't want to um attach myself to this miserable um franchise and then you look at the jets and it's like oh my god this is even worse and um you know you know you need a good qb it's like i don't want to be emotionally invested in any of these terrible teams like i went through hell and back with the nets and it was just it was enough for for me um dodgers just pull uh turned an insane double play by the way it, it was it was uh I think second and third with no outs guy hits the ball to third guys running on contact. He gets stuck in a pickle between home and third gets tagged out. They throw to third base and get the guy like trying to get to third. Those are rare. Yeah. This, that was extremely, I don't know if I've honestly ever seen that. The freaking the pickle, the pickle between third and home. And then you throw the guy out running to third. Oh yeah. We have to mention, um, the Rays defense as well. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, just the highlights you see, it's like they're diving. They're literally every hard hit ball in the outfield. They're getting it. They also play like a four outfielder shift sometimes. Like the pitcher, did you see the pit, the play the pitcher made? I I probably saw it, but I can't remember it in my head right now. Basically, it was just like kind of a pop-up where the pitcher dove and then I think he threw it. He basically threw it from his knees or he got it from his knees and just like got him out. It was like, it's so hard. Like when you're pitching, as soon as you throw the ball, like you're not really, you're not ready to field. Like in the, when you're, when you're a, a position player, once you have to get ready, like you take the one, two step 
in with your glove out. When you're a pitcher, you just throw the ball and you're close as hell to the batter. Obviously, you're closest to the batter. So you have one, you have no time to get ready. And two, you're super close to the play, the ball when it's hit. So you have like very little time to prepare. So this guy fucking makes an excellent play. It's just very hard to defend um, at the position, the pitcher position. I love the uh, play that pitchers will make. Like there's like a short chopper, like just literally a dribbler and the pitcher charges in to get it and they do like the slide and then like pop up to like one knee and then the throw that those are great. Very, very sexy play. Great. It makes you look very athletic. I feel like pitchers are known for not being athletes, but you know, they're in the, they're in the majors and you know, I mean, some of them are like it. I'm not going to say the name, but some people aren't total athletes, but um, I don't know who you're talking about. I was going to say CC, the bat CC. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, his whole thing was like, you're not allowed to bun on me for some reason. Remember that? (laughs) Or it's just like if somebody would bunt on him, he would literally like throw at their head. It's like, dude, you know, bunting, that's actually allowed, but it wasn't allowed because I guess he had a bad ankle. So if if the other guy has a bum knee, you're not allowed to bunt on him for some reason. I mean, I love CeCe. He's the best, but I never really understood that one. Also because he's a lefty, so it's harder. So it's like if you bunt it to the... He's got to reach across his body. Yeah, exactly. So it's harder for... um, Harder than a, a when a righty um, fielding a body. You gotta like turn your so, back almost to home plate to, to like yeah, line so, up your throw. Every second matters, you know. So that's why that's also to his disadvantage. Um, you know, <laughs> but I love I love CC. You know, no no um, no hate on him. Interesting um, pitching for the the, uh, the the Dodgers. They're just going with May Goslin trying um who else they got next i mean but, kershaw's warming up dude i think i think we might be in for like a, a kershaw two or three innings he's only pitched once in the series yeah i mean it's game seven why didn't he start uh oh he would he two yeah he started game three. no i think he started game four i thought Uh, maybe. I mean, they play every other. I mean, they play every day. So even if he started game three, that would be four, five, six. It would be short rest. But yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I mean, I'm rooting for Kershaw. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, look, everything you said is true. I mean, there's no denying it. What we want to attribute it to is what's more up to de- for debate. But I'm literally, the only reason I'm rooting for the Dodgers is because I just want Kershaw to win and have like a good start or two in the world series just so he could i root for guys to get the monkey off their back basically yeah this was this is the year to do it too um yeah i mean i think i think it's a little too late to repair his postseason stats but i think if he can have some shutout some solid games in these next couple playoffs or just listen if he does well now and if they make it to the World Series, he has a great game. It's like, okay, you know, they'll stop talking about playoff Kershaw. You know, they just quiet it down. They just will stop talking yeah, about it. It's hard to like if he if he has a good postseason and they win this year, and then he's only thirty two. I mean, he's not the same pitcher necessarily that maybe he was in his prime, but if he if he, let's say, wins one more time, which is obviously a stretch to just assume that a team is going to win two World Series when they might lose this game tonight and not win any World Series. But, you know, yeah. it could very easily get to the point where, like you're saying, he probably doesn't have enough time 
or enough starts or maybe not even the ability at this point to pitch well enough to like get his playoff ERA to like a solid number. But it's going to be the narrative talk will be a lot less if he has a World Series ring that he played or even multiple World Series rings that he played a, a big role in. So, yeah, I mean, he was he was really good in the regular season and pitchers prime can last a little bit longer. True. I know he's got like weird back bit. issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a killer. So hopefully that stays away. But, you know, when we see like Verlander, Granke, um, you know, Scherzer, you know, going deep in their age, yet still performing at a very high level. So hopefully that is the same with Kershaw. I mean, he had 2.5 year right this year. He needs year. to talk Maybe to sure. Bauer, learn the cheating ways, <laughs> like seriously. Yeah, for real. Um, Tell people you want to get people off your back in the postseason. Start like your get that spin rate, like those RPMs up. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like shout out to Trevor Bauer. I guess. I mean, yeah. Hopefully, a future Yankee, but you know, we'll see. We'll see. I think that's all the thoughts that we have. I have today. Any last second? Any final words? No, I think I'm all. I'm all. Uh... I have no more thoughts left to give. Um, yeah, I think uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, we got we still have baseball, we still have football, and and we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we'll be look. We'll be watching Kershaw soon. So let's see. But um, until next week, people forget that podcast. I think this is forty four. Oh, people forget that Ty Lue is the coach of the Clippers, but we don't have to talk about that. But oh, just yeah. throw it out there. And yeah, we'll talk about, we'll do some basketball next week, probably after we run down the world series. Yeah, why not? All right. Peace. See ya.